Feel like you've got a lot on your plate, or maybe you've got so much going on it couldn't possibly fit on just one plate. You've got a lot of plates, fully loaded, spinning at full speed. Well, you're not alone, and you've come to the right place. I'm Liz Cerati. Welcome to Seven Plates Spinning, a podcast serving up ideas and inspiration for keeping all those plates in the air. Today, I'm speaking with Sally Kim, who is the founder and CEO of one of my favorite skincare lines called We Are Wild. I've used a couple of the products in this line for a few years now, and then I was recently introduced to Sally by a mutual friend and learned that the female entrepreneur behind this skincare line I love is a really amazing woman. Sally and her husband actually run two companies together as a team, and they split time between two continents. They have We Are Wild in Portland and also a creative agency that her husband founded in Seoul, South Korea. So I'm super excited that Sally is my guest today to not only talk about how she started her business, but also about juggling family planning and career and to share her perspectives as a person of color on the need for more diversity in the beauty industry. So Sally, I'd say you are like a gold, you've earned a gold medal in plate spinning. You're like a pro. You have got a lot going on. I know you're living in South Korea right now. You're joining me from Seoul, Mm -hmm. but you're still running your business that's based in Portland. So how does that even work? How are you managing that? Yeah, good question. <laughs> Prior to COVID, it was a lot of frequent flyer miles. Um, yeah. I'm probably, um, the, I, I see my uh, team of um, flight attendants and pilots. So they every, all know you. Uh, team, so yeah, absolutely. I know the team quite well. Um, so we would, I would go back and forth probably every two weeks or at least, you know, um, uh, once a month. Um, the reason why we decided on Portland is because I'm originally from Portland, Oregon and a native, yeah. native of there. And so um, the brand was something that generated from my love of Portland. And so that's how it started. But yeah, just a lot of management juggling, um, probably very little sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of Zoom. Well, God bless you for living through that because I, <clears throat> I don't do very well on little sleep. So I give you a lot of credit for that. So um, one really interesting um, dynamic of your of your We Are Wild business is that you your co-founder is your husband. And, and actually at your agency, you work with your husband as well. So in both of your businesses, you are working day in and day out side by side with your husband. How do you find the right balance there? Like, are there certain times a day when talking about business is off limits or is it like always fair game business all the time? You know, I think one of the reasons why I married my husband was because we were talking about business all the time. <laughs> and I think that's one of our passion you points. And I, we do, we do. And I think that's one of the um, milestones of our marriage is that we are both so passionate and so interested about business and just the world around us and the dynamics of business. Um, and so that's, that's kind of really cemented our relationship. But we do have boundaries in terms of, you know, in the office, uh, we have, uh, we call each other by our titles. Um, that's kind of the Korean way. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, my uh, my desk and my office area is completely separate from his area. And so he's more of the kind of the creative management team. I'm more of the opera side. And so uh, we kind of, yeah, physically we're a little bit separated, but then also um, we try to really respect the boundaries of our uh, respective roles. And so, I mean, that all sounds good, but then like who gets to make the final say? 
who, who, <laughs> who is really calling the shots? Or do you have these clearly defined areas you oversee so that you each have your own swim line? Yeah, I would say um, both. So I, I by no means uh, a, a creative expert. Um, he is. So uh, I don't call any of the creative shots at all. But in terms of any important decisions, uh, financial decisions, especially um, even business decisions, uh, we do make it collectively. And I would say so far, we've never really had a conflict. I would say that my husband is very patient. Uh, we we do understand yeah. our personalities are quite different. And so I think mm-hmm. we, we balance to, each other. That's true of my, yes. my my husband too. And he is way more patient than I am too. It's like, that's yeah. why this works because I'm a pain yeah. in the butt and he's patient. So you you took a really interesting path to the two businesses that you run today. Where did you start? It was in a totally different space. You like made big jumps in your career. That's correct. Yeah, I you know was a former epidemiologist working in healthcare and got into marketing, uh, working for various marketing companies, um, also tech companies, and um, had an opportunity to move to Korea as an expat working for Samsung. And um, from there, I learned to a kind of work as a Korean professional. Um, Korean-American professional in a foreign country, and then be learning a new culture. And then lastly, just um, learning more about other things outside of uh, mobile and technology, including skincare. And, epi- and, and epidemiology. Yeah. <laughs> Don't exactly. forget that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, I think the being in Korea, especially this was at the height of K-beauty when that was being introduced Mm -hmm. around the world and just seeing all the amazing skincare innovation, beauty innovation, R&D. And I think Korea's just had a huge... a legacy of women taking care of their skin. Skin mm-hmm. is something that's just religiously uh, taken care of by, I would say, both men and women here in Korea. Just managed to go. Koreans go to a dermatologist probably like once a week just for Out here. checkups. Really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And you just can't help but get uh, into the category just because it's all around you. And since I'm a native of Portland, Oregon as well, and I grew up with this kind of outdoor culture and love for the outdoors, I thought, gosh, wouldn't it be a perfect opportunity just to kind of marry the two cultures? So we like to say we're uh, Portland values meets soul innovations. And so that's kind of how it started. And I would say it was really an accident. It wasn't planned. Um, It wasn't like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to Korea and I'm going to scout all the beauty products and start a beauty line. No, it was actually actually more organic just from my uh, love of cosmetics and skincare innovation here as a consumer and then really finding an unmet need uh, for something uh, that was appropriate for a busy active lifestyle. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of your line and this is not an ad. This is a genuine rave review. <laughs> I, I love it and I loved it right away because of it being a solid because um, yeah. I don't travel nearly as much as you. I'll just say that right out of the gate. But when I travel, I hate checking bag because I can tell you nightmare stories about losing my luggage. So I like to carry on. And then, you know, you only get like that tiny little bag of liquids that you can take on. So I'm always like, oh my God, which of my liquids can I fit into the bag? Which ones (laughs) do I have to leave behind? So I'm always thrilled when I can swap out a solid for any liquid, makeup or skincare. Product. So I was like, oh my God, this is great because the cleanser is a solid and the sunscreen is a solid. And I was like, so excited. What, what gave you that idea in particular to make it a solid, not a completely solid skincare line? 
Yeah, so I think solid skincare was relatively unheard of or very new in the U.S., um, but it's been a while. It's been around here in Korea for a little bit, um, specifically solid cleansers, a huge category of solid cleansers and solid uh, sunscreen sticks. And so um, as I was using the cleanser, I was looking for other products related to skincare, not just the cleanser, but maybe a moisturizer and uh, maybe a serum, and um, I couldn't find it. And so... Um, I scouted all the manufacturers that specialized in making solid um, cleansers here in Korea, went to a manufacturer that specialized in it and said, hey, could we make some more skincare products that are solid? And they actually, you know, took a risk with us and we co-developed the formula mm-hmm. and um, the line. Um, so now we have a cold, complete skincare system. And so, um, yeah, that was just kind of the genesis of really just trying to find um, products that fit your lifestyle. And if you can't find it, then make it, I guess, is kind of That's my amazing. Mantra. It has to be, especially where you are, where you're saying there's so much, it's such a crowded space. Mm-hmm. So it had to be really hard to break into that space. How did you do that? It was really hard. I mean, um, you know, I think because Korean beauty is such a um, big category. It's really hard to get your foot in the door, but um, I think with persistence and then also um, our manufacturer really liked our concept. They liked the fact that it was positioned for people that were on the go and for the outdoors. And I think they saw an opportunity um, to grow that category. And so, um, yeah, they were willing to work with us on um, our minimum order SKUs and then also um, the rest of our product lines. That's great. And you you sell only in the U.S. or primarily in the U.S.? We sell in the U.S., in the U.K., and okay, we're too. looking into um, uh, Asia right now, uh, in Korea, and then also mm-hmm. in China at the moment. Wow, so you're expanding a lot. So that's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. And you really have poured so much of yourself into growing this, starting this business and growing this business. And you shared with me earlier, you struggled with fertility and your, you and your husband planning to have a child and that you went through IVF and you suffered through miscarriages. You say that that has shaped your business view in some way and, yeah. and your outlook going forward. How, how so? Yeah, I think, you know, women, um, we tend to want to do it all. <laughs> yeah. And by that is, I think we just have this overdrive. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Do it all, have it all, and attempt to do it all. And, um, you know, God bless Mm -hmm. us for doing that because I think that makes the world go round. Um, But sometimes (laughs) we do have to be forgiving, especially I think us in my situation. I was entering my 40s and by no means was I a young, energetic entrepreneur. And so I think at that time, um, having been married for uh, six years, we were very much in the process of thinking about family planning and having children in the future. And so often it can be, become an afterthought uh, when it's probably the most important decision you will make in your life. And um, I think it was time for uh, me to just kind of be forgiving of myself and my responsibilities, delegate. I think that's a very important aspect that um, I needed to learn to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also most of our team members are female. Um, and I, I too wanted to kind of be a model for them um, yeah. when they were making these important family decisions um, and having children and wanted them to feel comfortable about um, talking to us about having the time, taking the time to go through the process. Yeah. Which, you know, this isn't a topic that was openly talked about much. Um mm-hmm. Until recently, but I feel like um, 
and you you pointed out some examples to me of some public figures who have been talking more publicly recently. Women are opening up about infertility, yeah. about the heartbreak of miscarriage, about freezing their eggs, mm-hmm. or about the choice to leave leadership roles, CEO roles after having having a child. So in your role as a business leader and also a woman who's lived through this yourself, why do you think these topics are becoming more public? People are talking more openly now. Yeah, I think it's really important when you're going through this process that you do have some sort of support system, whether that's indirect mm-hmm. or direct um, with your you know, immediate friends or family members, or even I think so many of these uh, women entrepreneurs that are going public about their family planning, um, they're such role models for women and especially young women. And I think they really destigmatize the fact that you can openly talk about freezing your eggs. It's okay. You know, you should <laughs> consider it. And, um, you know, and I applaud these women for really kind of opening up um, their private lives and this important decision for other future women leaders to think about because it is a very important process um, to deal with. And so, um, I, I really think there should be, I think, A, I think it's great that people are talking about it. I think that's the first step. And then B, I think there should be some support systems in place, either, you know, through companies or through um, organizations that can support young women leaders and future entrepreneurs and CEOs um, to manage their lives in this way. Yeah. And and do you think companies are doing enough to support women right now? It seems like there's room, a lot of room for improvement. There. Yeah, there is a lot of room for improvement, but I will tell you my my um, opinions and my point of view have changed quite a bit living here in Korea, um, partly because mm. Korean um, companies uh, probably have the best maternal uh, leave uh, policies and mm. also... Uh, the government actually supports women to um, go through family planning and have as many kids <laughs> as they can, partly mm-hmm. because of the population issue. Korea is actually the lowest in terms of um, new population growth. And mm. so um, the government does make a really concerted effort to support women in yeah. trying to work and also in family planning. And I, I think it was just a stark difference from my experience in the U.S. Yeah, where, where it's maybe, like the worst. Maybe two weeks or, you know, a yeah. month at max. Um, yeah, pathetic it's awful so so you said like we want to have it all we want to do it all do you from your experience is it possible to have it all I think you can try to have it all yeah Um, and maybe it's about level setting and setting your expectations um, to be realistic Um, but I think you know what's not to stop you from trying right yeah Um, and so uh, I think that's kind of always been my philosophy is just to try and Mm -hmm. if something doesn't work then hey let's be forgiving and let's kind of revamp the strategy or just revamp my plan yeah I always feel like I come down on this issue that um, definitively you cannot have it all but that doesn't stop me from trying exactly exactly (laughs) I know from experience you cannot have it all at least not all at once you know, that's people say you can have it all, but not all at once. But we're going to keep trying anyways. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of talk um, about the lack of diversity across many industries these days, and beauty is one of them. So how do you feel about that as a person of color, female beauty brand founder? Yeah, I think it's, it's getting better. For sure, mm-hmm. I think because the topics um, are coming up, the hard discussions and conversations are becoming more public. Um, but yeah, there is this, I would say, veil 
uh, where if you're not part of a certain aesthetic or a certain look, it's very hard to break into or penetrate. But, um, and I think that was one of my um, motivations for starting a beauty brand um, mm-hmm. and particularly a non-traditional beauty brand because we didn't want to be like the others. You know, yeah. we didn't want to promote anti-aging, anti-wrinkle and flawlessness, although our products will do that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> we wanted to celebrate all skin, all women, all, you know, our products are actually designed to be unisex. And so um, that it was more about celebrating our differences versus trying to minimize them. And I think so much of the beauty message has been about minimization. And so, um, you know, as a person of color, I think my duty is to really try to promote this um, celebration of differences and um, and really be embracing of the differences in the beauty industry. And I think we are getting there. Um, but however, you know, I think a lot of companies need to put um, action where their words are. <laughs> and yeah. so there's been a I lot of getting, talk lately, but probably not. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so I think um, we're getting there slowly. And I know I understand it's very difficult to completely transform your business, but I think there are some really good um, role models and benchmarks that are happening through companies and brands that are making a concerted effort. Yeah, no, it's exciting to see. Long way to go, but it is exciting to see just that it's being talked about more even, you know, and there's more of a recognition of the need for change. So I can't end this interview without asking about your own skincare routine. I admit to being somewhat (laughs) obsessed with learning about other women's favorite products and their secrets for skincare. I always feel like I'm missing out on something. (laughs) I want to know what everyone else does. So what does your typical daytime and nighttime routine look like? And like, what products can you not live without? I'm going to make a really huge confession that I am the worst (laughs) (laughs) at having... A really good skincare routine. I am the worst. And that's probably one of the reasons, I would say not probably, but the major reason why I started this line is so that it's no fuss. It's super easy and um, it's for on the go. But I will say, you know, I do make an effort um, every day and daytime to put an SPF, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's probably the number one thing you can do to just prevent any type of skin um, issues in the future. And then uh, nighttime, I honestly, you know, a good cleanser is probably the most important thing you could do Mm -hmm. for your skin. And and try to make uh, frequent appointments to see your dermatologist if you do have some issues or concerns that are bothering you. And so, um, yeah, those are my, my tips and my routine, but pretty much try to stay very easy. Very easy. I like it. And your skincare line is very much in line with that. So if people want to check out your line, it's at wearewild.us. And I encourage everyone to check it out, especially when we all get back to traveling, which I hope we will soon. And Sally has kindly offered to give listeners 25% off purchases made at wearewild.us. So you can use the discount code WILDONES, W-I-L-D-O-N-E-S, WILDONES, at checkout to get 25% off. I always love getting and giving good skincare recommendations and also love supporting women-owned businesses. So I definitely suggest checking out We Are Wild's line of solid skincare products, and I hope you'll enjoy them as much as I have. That's all for today's episode. I'll talk to you again next week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please visit sevenplatespinning.com and subscribe to continue listening. And consider leaving a rating or a review on whatever platform you access the podcast. I so appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.